what I want is every like anybody who says this sucks, I can't use it. No, no, no. Yeah. It's actually really good. It's if doable. You use it, yeah, yeah. If you yeah. use it right, you could do so much better for your client. This is Jeremy Birch, and welcome to AV with JB, where I interview amazing people in pro AV and deconstruct their success to show you how to make business the abundant, lucrative, and fun adventure it should be. But as valuable as these discussions are, I want to give you something tangible that you can put to use immediately. So each episode also includes a helpful resource related to the topic. This podcast is also my active experiment in moving from employee to entrepreneur as I build a software tool that saves Pro-AV integrators $94,000 annually by streamlining the design process. To find out more or to access these podcast interviews in their original video format, head on over to jeremybirch.com. Thanks for joining me today. You'll be glad you did. Now, on to the show. Okay, so let's talk about discus. Basically, I'm going to run you through the CTS prep version of discus, what we teach in CTS prep, exactly how we do it. Okay, perfect. clears up a bit. Yeah, Uh, yeah. So, so just a background of no one, if someone's watching this and, and didn't see the, uh, the, the LinkedIn um, thread that kind of started, I was trying to fig- kind of compare the old 468 uh, rule of figuring out the display sizes, recommended display sizes uh, per Avixa standards uh, against the newer DISCUS standard. Um, so I was coming out with some weird values. So I, I threw the question out to the uh, uh, to the interwebs and and uh someone dropped frank uh chuck's name and and uh so hello good golly okay i think my uh internet just went out in the middle of that <clears throat> all right well let's go ahead and go ahead and get started okay let me reshare this yep. powerpoint slide share okay you should be seeing my powerpoint slide now i do indeed yep okay good good all right, so this is a quick down and dirty on the um, discus. So the, the things we want to look at when we're looking at discus, the whole purpose of discus is uh, we want to recommend the best display for our clients. We want to help them out. And it's not just looking at the physics of the room and the furthest viewer and all that because now content has gotten to be so much more important in resolution. Uh, we get these these huge resolutions now and if you look at something like a an Excel spreadsheet, if you put it on a 4K, no matter what display you look at an Excel spreadsheet on a 4K, if it's a 13-inch display, if it's a 90-inch display, the cells are tiny compared to the rest of the display. So now we really have to, we can't say, hey, I have a 90-inch 4K, so that's about 45 inches tall. That means I can see out to 270 inches or you know, almost what 20 something feet right away yep. so but you can't see that cell you know 20 something feet away so we have to really take content in so it's the application to the client the size of the display how close to sit like it gets to a point where we're you know we're all up in its business and it's like a tennis match right right how far to sit so we're not squinting and we can see this display comfortably for an extended period of time 
and how large the stuff, the actual stuff, the content should be. So we wanted to. And how long ago did Discus become uh, a standard? Uh, let's see. Uh, 2016. It actually came okay. out. If you see here, V202 01 2016. So we okay. launched it in January 2016. The problem is <clears throat> standards are voluntary. Yep. So people see it and go through kind of what you went through. They're like, man, this math is a pain. It's really hard. I'm just going to use 468. So that's cool until we come up to the whole content aspect. Right. And I'll show you how 468 kind of fits in, but it really is content driven. Okay. So let's look at this. Uh, the old way of doing things didn't account for different aspect ratios. 468 kind of came out when we were in still the 4-3 mode, right? The yeah, yeah. Square. Uh, didn't account for different resolutions. Like that's really four six eight tops out at about seven twenty. Mm -hmm. um, it was a best practice. It was a very good best practice. And the origins. So myself and a couple of the other instructors uh, and uh, our, one of our curriculum developers actually traced its origins back to Kim Milligan. Mm -hmm. uh, worked with Daylight, and there was a yep. whole paper he wrote in four six eight came out, and it was it was a good rule of thumb for a long time. And, and about about what is that? 468 rule date back to that like that the article. 50s okay it was okay, wow. literally the 50s wow um so yeah when displays first started being a thing they like hey we need some kind of guidance on this so this guy wrote a paper and you know it was in daylight daylight said this is how we kind of do things and they've really been a really good proponent of let's do things scientifically mm -hmm. so um we it was such an issue with the content thing we finally avixa brought a bunch of specialists together display mm -hmm. specialists optometrists they brought optometrists oh, wow. to figure out. oh yeah 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 like how do the eye holes actually work yeah. so we want to make sure that not only the display is correct for the room but people can actually see it so we started looking at a yeah, bunch of different yeah, things and like how the eyes operate as part of the system yeah so so we brought these optometrists in to educate the uh, display experts on exactly what we need for our eyes to pick up and comfortably, not just look at it and go, yeah, okay, this is for, like, I want to be able to read content on my screen all day long. Like, yeah, long-term comfort, yeah. Yeah. So uh, they came up with this standard. Now, the standard is a standard. It's very standard language. It's, it's not difficult to read, but if you're not adept to reading uh, technical standard stuff, it gets a little confusing um it's worded very well and it gives you all the math like i read it and i was like man what does that mean and then i went back and actually had we had talks with some of the guys who developed the standard and then i went back and read it and go oh that clears that all up now i know how to use that equation uh -huh. so uh once you go through it a few times you like uh clears that all up totally so uh we don't actually in cts level we don't actually teach like the trigonometry and the, the math that goes into this. But we teach you how to effectively use this with the calculator online and what that calculator actually does. Okay. So okay. for CTS level, you don't have to be a design engineer. You don't have to be a mathematician or a rocket surgeon. Like this is basic down and dirty on how to use this and make it effective for you. I'm glad someone else uses the term rocket surgery. <laughs> it's all rocket like it's not, it's not rocket surgery. So we're going to address a couple things. Image height, image resolution, content, uh, closest and furthest viewer, um, and 
another thing that 468 didn't address is if the display is higher, yeah. we have to take that into consideration or if the display is lower. So okay. horizontal and vertical viewing distance, like how far off axis I can go. Now we had some good best practices for, you know, so many angle from the center, so many from the side. This actually gives us hard numbers to hit. Okay. Okay. So your eye, your eye can see, uh, the difference between a line and a space out to so far. We have to have so much of an angle for our eye holes to see. Mm -hmm. um, to see comfortably. Now, if you think about this, if I have a line, a space, and a line, and it's a group of pixels, if I'm right up in the display's business, I can see those pixels. I can see the line, a space, and line. But as I back up and the angle between the top line and the bottom of the line decreases, it starts to look like one line. Right. This why an alternating pixel pattern starts to look like gray when you get back far enough, right? Exactly. Yeah. So this concept is what optometrists use to diagnose how our vision is. If you, look, if you see the screen, mm -hmm. it's not actually an E, it's an optotype. There are space, an, it's called an optotype. So we have this line, a space, a line, uh, a space with a couple dots in it, another space with a couple dots spread out, and a line. We have A, B, C, and D, one, two, three, four, and five, and they're all evenly spaced out. And if we look at the top one, that's a specific size representing a specific angle. As we go down, the angle gets tighter and tighter and tighter until we can't see it anymore. Hmm. So when when we get down below a certain level and we can't tell the difference between, say, um, an E and a Z or a D and an O, uh -huh. that's when we can't discern both, not just top to bottom, but side to side, the spaces and the lines. Mm -hmm. So that's the extent of our visual acuity. That's where we get, you know, at 20 feet with someone in with good vision, with, you know, per, what they say, perfect vision is able to see at 20 feet and there is a there is a formula for this to discern you know the whole one minute what one minute of arc should be um it's a tangential formula for the the angle and it we actually have these formulas in there again you don't have to do this to use the standard you don't have to know the the, the math behind this you just have to know that this is what our visual acuity is right well, this is this is this is what um creates or or this is the source of the visual acuity uh factor numbers that you see referenced in basic decision making and analytical decision making yes. formulas, uh for uh, the discus formulas for those yes yes okay. so we have all the math in the back so if somebody says hey how do you figure this out well it's in the back let's go in and read all the formulas if not we're just going to go to the calculator once we know what all the variables mean, we could just type in the calculator and we're good. Yeah. Okay, so uh, determining furthest viewer and closest viewer, this is gonna be one of the big things we look for because we're going into a room and it's usually, we don't have a display. We don't know what the content is, but what we could tell is the client says, I need video stuff in this room. Yep. So we can take the measurements of the room the ceiling height, the depth of the room, and the width of the room, and give that to our engineering department, and they can apply the um, the formulas, the discus formulas. Right. So <clears throat> we're going to look at those. 
we need to know what an element is. So you see this reference a lot in basic decision making. What is an element? And a lot of the times they say, well, we're going to go off the uh, lower, the letters, the text. It's yeah. not just text. An element can be anything. And we don't want to use text for a couple reasons. I'll talk about it on the next slide. But if you look here, this is basic decision making. We're concerned with an overall view of the screen. Mm -hmm. So on this screen, I have a portrait of a, of a guy. And this is from an art history class. And they're trying to determine time periods in this art history class by looking at the painting. So for this time period, his armor and his collar make up a certain um, specific point in time when they made armor like this and, and the fashion was like this. So this element here is about, I would say a third of the screen. So we have pretty much a 30% element height. Now, if I'm looking at this letter E here, and my the thing that I'm looking at, what I'm concentrating is not this picture, but this PowerPoint. Mm -hmm. So I need to make decisions, basic decisions, based on this text. So I would use like this letter E as an example, and the height, the physical height from the bottom of this E to the top of this E is going to be our element height. Okay. And this, I'm going and this tripped me up when I was trying to, to use the discus formula at first, um, which is which is one of the things you help um, clear up for me, which is the the height of the text. Say we're looking at you know ten point font to make the math easy, and our display is ten eighty p, so it's a thousand eighty lines high. Uh, our element height is not ten divided by ten eighty. Right, right. Seem at first blush. Why? Why is that? Okay, good question. So there's uh, in the study of typography, uh, the study of letters on the screen. Right. Mm -hmm. um, how big is a letter when we say ten point font? We're going to print it. Or how big is a letter when we say ten point font? We're actually going to put it on a web page. Yeah. So ten points. A point is uh, a specific measurement of this. Um, uh, of what the line's going to take up. But if you think about it, a 10-point capital W is not the same as a 10-point lowercase e. Sure, okay. Totally. That makes and sense. even a lowercase p is different than a 10-point lowercase e. So this p is going to take up a lot more pixels than this e or this s. Okay. So if you say 10-point font, usually a point font there's a bunch of different things they say that play into it. There's the actual bottom of the line, the bottom of this line, the top of this line. There's the bottom of this P is even with the bottom of this E. So there's another uh, piece of uh, space that they calculated typography for below this to this. If I put a P next to like a lowercase g, this from here to there is the same. You know, this makes me think of, Chuck, it makes me think of, remember elementary school when you were first learning how to write nicely, yes. which we all then, you know, immediately forgot how to do when we got <laughs> to, uh, you know, uh, when we graduated college. Um, yeah. you, you had two lines, right? And your lowercase letters, they had to touch the bottom line, they had to touch the top line. But then you had some letters like a Y the dip below that line, and then you yep. saw letters like an H, talking all lowercase here, 
Yep. You have an element that goes above a line. Yes. So if, if I'm understanding what you're saying correctly in typography, that math I was trying to do originally, that 10 divided by 1080, that would actually be the element height of like a 10 point E, something that yes. doesn't go above yes. or below the line. Right. But if we add the amount above and below the line that different characters could occupy, depending on the shape of the character or whether it's a, a, a capital letter or not, that is what takes that 10 divided by 1080, which is about 0.9, and makes 10 point font actually closer to like, I think you said 1.5. So it's usually between depending and also depending on the font because uh, some fonts are different. Okay. Uh, it could be anywhere from 1.3 uh, yeah. to 1.5 times okay. the point number. Got it. So there's a bunch of different things. And I sent you some links on the typography for what they use for web. Oh, okay. And it explains the different, you know, exactly what those lines you were talking about. It mm -hmm. shows you examples. It explains it. And it says, you know, the point system, it says this is 10 points. So that like lowercase e is going to be 10 point, but the lowercase y might be like, or it'll be uh, the 10 point font would be the lowercase e. That lowercase y is going to be a bit different. And even that e isn't going to be pixel to point. Yeah. It's going to be about 1.3 to 1.5 times, depending on the letter. That okay. e might be 1.3. That y might be 1.5. Okay. Okay. So that pixel to pop font correlation or pixel to point correlation, it doesn't actually work uh, a lot of the times if we're going one to one, even if we're going one to three and we have to, you know, so what we really want to do is measure. Okay. So I have a monitor in front of me that's 13.25 uh, inches, 13 and a quarter inches from the bottom of the image to the top of the image. Mm -hmm. If I measure my, um, my actual letter and I look at it and say, okay, this letter is say a half an inch. How does that correlate with 13.25? So I have to do a little bit of math in there and I say, okay, this letter that's half an inch is say 2.5% of the overall height. So that element of the lowercase letter is a 2.5%. So, now we look at this, this is about a 30% here, the armor, but uh -huh. in, a, in a different part of this art history class, they're actually concentrating on the placement of moles. Mm -hmm. So the placement of moles kind of, I'm not an art history major, but this is what somebody was saying. I, I don't even know if this is totally accurate, but where the placement was the moles, mole on the face dictated your standing in the hierarchy of society. So, <laughs> okay. Like, because he had the mole above his brow, he was a, a royalty, a lord, or something like that. If he had it on his chin, he would be more of a, a, a lower in the hierarchy. Okay. So, if I'm looking at this mole here, this mole is like a half a percent. So, I blow it up so I can see it better. Now, this mole is like one and a half to two percent of the overall height of this screen. Yeah. So, it's not just text. It's sure. not just the text. Um, so with text, we want to use lowercase letters, and we want to make sure that letter is like an E or an R, and it's not like the Y or the, the P or a G, something that goes below that where the bottom line would be. Okay. Um, but this element could be anything. 
it can be a picture of a pig and you're trying to diagnose what kind of pigs they have on this farm or a picture of a farm i should say with pigs in it and you have to specifically look for these pigs and make basic decisions on how many pigs are in the area for you know hey we took a picture of this we put it up on the screen how many pigs take up a certain percentage of this area of the farm so so would so, it be fair if i'm if i'm trying to sort of um put this in my own words to to define element as the smallest portion of a picture required to make a, your decision that you so make? How they actually defined it, percent element height. Okay. Um, it's the smallest collection of pixels that a viewer needs to be able to discern uh, for calculations that determine a display image height or closest or farthest viewer, one must also determine how much of the display is filled by the element in question. So exactly right. Okay. The smallest collection of pixels that a viewer needs to see. It's a collection of pixels. Yeah. Um, so if it's the letter case, the lower letter case E, good to go. It's an E. I physically measure that E and pair it to the, the measurement of the screen. So I'm going to make some easy math here. If I had a screen that was 10 inches tall and I measured my, uh, my lowercase letter to a half inch, yeah. that would be a 5% element height. Okay. If I had that uh, same 10 inch tall screen and the letter is a quarter inch, that would be a 0.25 or a 2.5% a element height. Mm -hmm. So we can make this think of a 90 inch diagonal. It's about 45 inches tall. Yeah. If I have a half inch letter, that's just over 1%. Okay. Okay. So, you know, if, if it's 45 inches, 0.45 of, of an inch, just under half an inch mm -hmm. would be 1%. So for a 90-inch diagonal, if I did quick math in my head, looking for a 3% element height, 0.45 times 3 is a 1.35-inch tall character or element. Okay. So okay. – Quick math, 90-inch diagonal, 45 inches tall. If I'm, I'm just going, you know, horseshoes and hand grenades closer. Yeah, right. Um, 45 inches tall. Actually, it would be 46 for a 90-inch diagonal. 46 inches tall, 46 uh, divided by 0 0.03, 3%. Mm -hmm. um, that would be 13.8 uh, or a 1.38-inch tall character. Okay. So now, once I had the character, I could multiply that by 200, and that would give me my furthest viewer. Okay. Or I could say, if I have a 3% element height, 3% is a six times viewing ratio, because, you know, 3% um, times 200 is six. 0 0.03 times 200 would be six. That would be six times that display's height. Yeah. So I can look at an existing display if the client says, I'm in a room that's, say, 50 feet deep, mm -hmm. and I have a 90-inch display. Mm -hmm. My people can't see the text. How big should my text be? Okay, good. Uh, let's see. I have 600 inches at a 50-foot. I would have 600 inches. Yep. So let's see, my display would have to be at least uh, 100 inches tall. Uh -huh. Well, I, 
I can't make a hundred inch tall display because I have a 90 inch already existing 90 inch diagonal 46 inch tall. Yeah. So if I had a hundred inch tall display, that element would need to be at least three inches tall. Correct. Yep. So on a 90 inch diagonal with a 46 inch tall display, it still needs to be three inches for people to see because my eye holes don't change. So now I need to work out how much of a percentage that three inches needs to be for my 46 inch tall display. Okay. Roughly about an 8%, maybe seven and a half percent. Yeah. Let's do some quick math here. Uh, Let me find my handy dandy calculator. And if I did, 46 times seven and a half would be what's seven and a half times 7.5 or actually 0.075 times 200 would be 15 46 times 15 at 690 inches that's just a bit above uh, 600 inches. I could, let me see if 7% will work. 0.07 times uh, 214. Yeah. 07 times 14. So 46. Yeah. Times 644. I might be able to get away 6% on my height. Times 200. We'll close. 12, let's see, 46 times 12. Nope. Let me see if I can do a 7%. Or a 6.5. So that would be 46 times 13. So 6.5% of a 6.5% a element height Yep. on a 46-inch display would be roughly six uh, 3 inches. Okay. That would be 598 inch furthest viewer. Okay. So instead that's, of saying that's the farthest viewer. Yeah. So remember, I, I said we have a 600 uh, furthest viewer. We have 50 feet. 50 times 12 is 600 inches. Yeah. So how big does our text need to be? So 600 inches at a three percent would yield a three inch um, element height. Okay. okay. I still need that three inches, no matter how tall my display is. I still need that three inches. Right, right. So at a 46 inch tall display, it would need to be about a, what did I do? A 6%, let's see, six. Yeah, six and a half, I think. Uh, 13 times, 13 times 46. Yeah, at a 6.5% element height, 6.5 times 200 is going to give me 13. That's my viewing ratio. Okay. Uh, 200 is your multiplier for... Uh, basic decision-making. Okay, basic decision-making. Yeah, it's always going to be 200. That's okay. a fixed fixed thing. And the math for that is in the back of the book. There's Got it. Goes on there. So uh, for 46-inch tall display, mm-hmm. a 6% element is going to be roughly three inches or six and a half, excuse me, roughly three inches. So then I could see 598 feet, uh, two feet shy of 600. That will give me the ability for that person all the way in the back, 600 inches or 50 feet 
mm-hmm. with their existing 46 inch tall display or their 90 inch diagonal. Right. Right. So instead of running 3%, because yeah. uh, they're like, hey, we're running 3%, what's wrong? I'd say, okay, doing this math, you've got to actually make your content 6.5%. I didn't change the display. I didn't mm-hmm. sell you anything new. I didn't specify a massive 100-inch tall. What would that be? Oh, my God. Two, uh, <laughs> that would be about a 210-inch diagonal, right? Two, yeah, yeah. On a 16 by 9. Yep. So I didn't spec this massive display just make your content bigger and we're good right but usually you don't have obviously display size and farthest viewer are uh, proportional they're linked together right um and well why why is that why are the two of them linked together yeah why is display size and furthest viewer linked together Well, furthest viewers is, I mean, the text is going to be smallest to that furthest viewer. Why? <clears throat> I mean, other than simply they're furthest from the screen. The, it's because we open up Excel at its native and we take yeah. that for granted. We open right. up PowerPoint and unless somebody follows PowerPoint guidelines, because PowerPoint actually scales, uh-huh. if they put a paragraph on, the, on their PowerPoint, they make their text very tiny. Yeah. What yeah. we have to get into the habit of doing now is taking that client's needs and saying, okay, no matter what you put on here for basic decision-making, Excel, PowerPoint, mm-hmm. Word Docs, your text physically has to be three inches for the furthest viewer to see. I don't care if you have a 90-inch diagonal or a 45-inch diagonal or a 200-inch diagonal. The right. thing has to be three inches. And we don't – we do exactly what you said, and we correlate furthest viewer with screen size. We need to correlate furthest viewer with content. Does that make sense? Sure, sure. Yeah. So now Excel in its native is 11 point. Uh huh. So if I did that on a 1080 that was 46, say I'm roughly 2%, yeah. and the people in the back can't see, mm-hmm. well, I need to make my Excel bigger. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think I just kind of always assume in, in business settings, you know, for conference rooms, um, you know, let's assume 1080p is the resolution they're running at because mm-hmm. anything higher just makes the it's text impossible crazy. to read. Right. And, and the display size, if you wanted it readable to be sort of, you know, comically big. Right. Um, well, not comically. Like they're, <laughs> For the furthest viewer, we want to make it right. 3%. But a lot of times, the the rooms don't even have the ceiling height to accommodate the right screen size to right. properly okay. read 4K. Right. Okay. I I actually uh, worked with my son to to, to build an uh, an iOS app to to kind of help integrators kind of quickly put these um, put numbers together based on what you said at the beginning, simply the height, width, and depth of the room. Uh-huh. But I wanted to make it simple and, and extrapolate as much information, design information as I could based on that and like their target aspect ratio and, and right. you know, whether the audience was sitting or standing, things like that, because we do some things with height. But I also realized I would have to make some assumptions to keep it simpler, because uh, if I opened it up and didn't make some assumptions, it would get very long and there'd be a lot of data sure. that would have to be input. So. Sure. Um, in in uh, in that respect, it's, it's called 
um, it's called AV System Designer, by the way. It's, it's um, um, in that respect, I would do something like assuming 10 point font at 1080p resolution, and then I could come up with some, that kind of uh, fixes the, the basis of your content, and then I can, you know, help kind of get quick numbers on screen size um, and make some assumptions on farthest viewer. Uh, again, there, you know, the, the depth of the room is not necessarily the farthest viewer. So I think I do something like take 85% of the room depth. Sure, sure, sure. You know, and, and just to, because you don't have, really, you don't have control of the farthest viewer and the nearest viewer usually. Um, furniture set uh, more often than not. Um, and a lot of times, you know, I, I mean, I'd be interested to, to, to hear if, if you've had different experience, but I would think that uh, consultants and, and integrators alike wouldn't really um, be able to have, get a lot of traction um, trying to get the user to, um, you know, stay within certain guidelines for the, for the content that that would create because it would have to, the, the, the word would have to get out to so many people within the uh, w within your clients, you know, company and organization. So here's the here's the great thing about Discus is yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. I can give the client a multiple of options. Yeah. I can say we're going to make a big display, and you could use 1080p and your native of everything. Yeah, and you could see back. Or I'm going to give you a smaller display and we make your content, we work with you on your content to make your content larger. And then people can still see all the way back, but you don't have a 200 foot diagonal screen. You have maybe a hundred or a 200 inch diagonal screen. You have maybe a hundred inch diagonal screen and we go with a 5% or 6% vice of 3%. Sure. Um, or we can, we can split the difference. We can go with a medium size not the smaller the larger and we mm -hmm. can make your content a little bit bigger yeah. not comically big but <laughs> if you think about it your furthest viewer is 50 feet away and you put a 42 inch display in there i can make it comically big and they yeah. can still get the message yeah we don't want to do that we don't want to put a small time you know fat man in a little coat we don't want yeah, to put it right in this big giant wall and, the, and the kicker on top of that is your furthest viewer is almost always the most important person in the room right they're the, the head of the table top of the table the head of yeah. the table. yeah and so it's funny i can always tell when someone doesn't talk to their clients about content because uh -huh. all of their meetings take place in the first third of the room of the because <laughs> nobody and can see in the back right. half or so and, of the room and they're putting paragraphs up on powerpoint yeah and everybody has to cram into like the front of the room like Somebody needs to work with you guys in your content. It, your AV <laughs> system's not the problem. It's the yeah, content. Right. And I, like, I actually did this. I was on a plane with somebody, and they were working on a PowerPoint. And I swear to God, they had like the tiniest little text. And I said, uh, Did you start shaking? Well, no. I said, I don't mean to be a Budinsky, but like, <laughs> I, I will buy you a drink if you let me talk to you about this. I do this for a living. And they're like, all right, sure. And so I opened up my laptop and I said, okay, you're going to watch this presentation from like, you know, 20 feet back. 
how long is this presentation going to be up on the screen? And they're like, oh, you know, 30 seconds. I'm like, okay, are you talking during this 30 seconds? And they said, well, yeah. And I said, I'm not going to be able to concentrate on reading this tiny paragraph and you talking at the same time. So you can either flick the paragraph, leave it up for 30 seconds, I read it, stay silent. Or you can put your bullet statements <clears throat> and then do what a presenter does and present and they pay attention to you. Mm -hmm. um, one second. I just got to. Yeah, yeah. No, they're going to okay. I actually have somebody coming to see me here in a little while. Okay. Okay. Uh, but uh, um, can you open this real quick? Sorry. I'm in, in the middle. Yeah, so. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Okay. Can you just. Yeah, I'll leave, I'll leave um, so I need to work with my clients on their content. I need to work with my clients on exactly what's on the screen per their screen size. And if they, they want to drop coin and, and they have a big ceiling and they want a 200 inch diagonal, great. We'll keep it at 3%. If yeah. they want smaller, if the ceiling's only 10 foot, this is the way we're going to better serve our clients by saying, you need to make your stuff bigger. Now, remember, this isn't just AV guys coming up with this. This is optometrists saying you need mm -hmm. a certain amount of, of stuff to be able to digest this yeah right this is what discus re this is the heart of discus it's not just av it's working with the human for a better yeah. experience right and right. it's it's a it's a huge mindset trust me i mean when we first got it the instructors literally went through 30 days of training with like oh, i couldn't wrap my head around it and i do yeah. this for a living uh, like I couldn't just get it and we we're questioning this and questioning that. It's a big mindset change of it's not just the size of the display in the room. Yeah. It, yeah. Everything. It's the human eye hole. It's uh -huh. how high our necks look up. When you start putting it up higher, my neck hurts. So I have to move back to be. Right, that's a, what is it like 30 degree angle? Of 30 view? degree. Yeah. And now yeah. there's some, there's some really good math behind this that justifies all this and says, okay, this and that. And we take all this into account, including the stuff on the screen. Yeah. So yeah. now we have to become less of AV sales and more of, I'm going to consult on human experience. Right. Technology is just a little bit of it. Content yeah. and space are also in there. Yeah. So we do all this stuff and we, you know, we have discus deals with analytical decision-making and basic decision-making. And this is from Pisker. The projected mm -hmm. image systems contrast ratio. So basic decision making also has a 15 to 1 contrast ratio. Uh -huh. Analytical also has a 50 to 1 contrast ratio. This mm -hmm. plays up big time later. So um so on the uh the passive um decision or passive viewing, yeah. Would using the uh the what is it, the eight part of the four six eight rule? Uh yeah, that, uh, that's uh, that's all gone. Still, still works. Well, you can use the eight, but four, six, eight, we're killing it. Like it's dead. Not coming back to life. It's not a zombie. Um, passive viewing, you could have, uh, think about the, the a passive viewing is an arrow saying, go this way. Mm. It's not even a basic decision. Like I have to read something. Okay. It's, it's, it's a, not, it's not watching. It's not um, TVs in the corporate gym that are just playing uh, uh, TV stations. No, that would be full motion video. Okay. okay. Um, passive viewing is literally like a restroom sign with the dude uh, okay. holding his leg, right? Yeah. Or, or like an arrow saying, go this way to this party. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's an arrow blinking off and on. Okay. So your contrast ratio is seven to one. It's really low. Yeah. And 
we don't worry about the size of that because literally you could see an arrow this big from 50 mm -hmm. feet away and know I have to go that way. Okay. You, you could see a, a red light blinking and know that this is a TV studio. That means they're on air. Right. But that's just a passive viewing like, or a thing that says in progress. Uh-huh. Like I can read that pretty far away if this yeah. sign this isn't. So we don't even worry about passive viewing in our display height. Got it. Full motion video. We don't even want to get into the height of that because I want to sit in the middle of a movie theater. Yeah. I want my I want to be like full visual field. Yeah. I want to be or I want to have on goggles that are encompassing yeah. me 360 degrees. Mm -hmm. So full motion video, not worried about it. We're worried about analytical, which is a pixel level detail. Okay. So medical imaging, if I'm trying to diagnose if a patient has cancer or if they do have cancer, where do I cut? So I'm looking right. at cells, individual yeah. cells or like. It's architecture. Thing. It's looking at individual lines, medical imaging, yeah. looking at real high detail totally. stuff. 100%. Okay. So okay. I have the two that I'm really going to concentrate on. Sure. And I want that 15 to one contrast ratio for, for basic decision-making. Yep. I want that uh, 50 to one for uh, analytical decision-making. Okay. 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 And ADM specialized in two. We just talked about that. Basic decision-making. Cool. Uh, ADM is going to have a much, much more stringent for this viewer because mm. again, we're looking at pixel level detail. And yep. also we're not gonna have a furthest viewer on ADM. If I yep. get yep. right up into the display's business, mm -hmm. that's fine. I'm looking at pixels. Right. So no, uh, the furthest viewer is gonna be really short. And that's what I think we were talking about when you said, hey, I had a, a 10 point thing and my furthest viewer was this. It, it made me like a you know 50 foot display. Like, no, 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 that's, that's, <laughs> that's analytical. We don't wanna do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Medical imaging, map reading, satellite maps for like, you know, MARSOC is planning an invasion and there's a satellite looking down at troop movement. And I have to tell if there's a uh, enemy troop in a bush. That's yeah. pixel on pixel detail. Yeah, yeah. Basic decision making, PowerPoints, Word docs. Now, if you look at this screen, it says three times the image height for 1.5% element height. So if my screen height again is 100 inches. Yeah. 1.5% is 1.5 inches. I can see that 300 inches away. Okay. If it's a 50 foot tall or a 50 inch tall screen, yeah. more realistic. Yeah. 1.5 of that 50 is 150 inches, but 1.5 element is going to be a 0. 0.75. Right. So the element went from an inch and a half to half of that. Yeah. Well, my screen went half three times went half mm -hmm. and so we have two times four times the image height or 2.2 percent four times the image height five percent uh 2.5 and it's all based on 200 so if i multiply 2.5 percent 0 0.025 times mm -hmm. 200 i get five okay that's my viewing ratio five times the image height got it point uh 0.03 or three percent times 200 six times the image height okay that's a down and dirty, like we're taking the content in and right. the size of, and the size of the display can be variable. So somebody right. says, if I say to my client, what do you do? And they say PowerPoint. I say, okay, you know what? Just throw it up on your laptop monitor. 
and their laptop monitor is 10 inches. I pull out a ruler, literally measure that, and it's a half inch um, character for the lowercase e. Uh -huh. Okay, you've got 10 inches, a half inch, that's a 0.5% uh, image height. That means I can go 10 times the size of your display. Mm. Let's look at the, um, so now I know your content. Let's look at the room. Mm -hmm. The room is 50 feet. So that means at, uh, I can go 10 times the size of the display, 600 inches divided by 10, 60 inch tall display, right? Is that right? So 60 inch tall display, that's 121 inch diagonal. That's a pretty easy, uh, projection screen. I mean, that's a five foot tall yeah. and that's a large room and you have 3%. Bing, bang, boom, Bob's your uncle, we're done. Yeah. Okay. So once you start getting the mat, and if they say, well, you know what? I, I have a five-foot-tall screen in a 10-foot-tall room. Okay, that's cool. I have I can even drop it down so we get yeah. that 48-inch yeah. eye line. Right, right. Or we if it's a six-foot-tall screen. Sure. We don't yeah. need to. Yeah. All we need is a five. If yeah. you want a six, great. People can see even easier. But right. your basics on – your basics, depending on your content, your basics mm -hmm. is a 60-inch tall screen. Right, right. So, you know, and, and we can do the math on this. And if they say, well, no, I don't want a 60-inch tall screen. Yeah. I want a 48-inch tall screen. I say, at this point, I say, okay, we can do that. We're going to have to change your content and make it bigger. Or people in the back just aren't going to be able to see. Or your sure. furthest viewer is going to get closer. Yep. And if you, they say, oh, no, people will sit back there. Then we start seeing people only using the first third of the room. Mm -hmm. The important person can't see. Yep. That's when the thing, and that's the bad experience we're trying to get away. Right, so you right. can do that. I'm not saying you can't. I'm just warning you, it's going to be a bad experience. Yeah, yeah. We, we actually have a client like that. And we ran the math and told them, you know, for the size of this room, you need a projector and a screen. They were like adamant. We don't want projector. We want flat panels. And I'm like, well, okay. Then you're going to need to be okay with sitting in the front half of the room. Oh, that's what we do already. We're okay with that. Oh, God. Have a good time. Yeah. Acknowledge. Move yep. on. Do what they want. Yep. Sure. Just don't let anybody. I mean, I'm advising you as I'm working for you. This is our business relationship. Yep. As, as long as we have the tools to give them a recommendation. Like, like I said, uh, when we had that uh, discussion online on, on LinkedIn, a lot of people just, they, they gravitate towards, if you at least give them, this is the minimum recommended standard, and you tell mm -hmm. them standard, you know, it gives people, you know, a real security blanket uh, in, in deciding to go with one display size. We, we, had, a, we had a client who I, I put the whole list together of all their rooms and, and recommended screen sizes, and in almost every instance, they went, they went up a step or two in size. Yeah from that, but at least they knew what their baseline was. So what we're getting a lot now is I'm getting end users. I'm getting technology uh -huh. managers that, okay. and you, sometimes people don't think of them as an end user, but they are actually the end user for an integration company. Yeah, yeah. So this gives the technology manager some teeth to go back to their administration and say, hey, based on what you guys are teaching and how you're teaching it, our screens are too small. We yeah. either need bigger screens or make your content bigger. Thanks for joining me today. I deeply appreciate your attention. If you got any benefit, any whatsoever, from today's podcast, 
it would mean the world to me if you would leave a rating or review so other cool industry peeps can find it. And in return, here's something to look forward to. At the end of each episode, I'll pick one review and read it out loud, good or bad, on air. Maybe it'll be yours. But I gotta warn you from personal experience, leaving reviews is a little trickier than it should be if you're on an iPhone. I know. So here's what you do. And do this right now so you don't forget. I'll wait. Ready? Number one, in your podcast app, click on search in the bottom right. Step two, type AV with JB in the search field and select this show in the results. Third and last, scroll down the episode list until you see ratings and reviews section header and leave your review there. Hope that all made sense. This episode of AV with JB was brought to you by my new cloud-based software for Pro AV. It's only available for limited pre-orders right now. You know, Kickstarter style. In fact, I haven't even settled on a name for it yet. But it's laser-focused to eliminate the two biggest engineering time sucks during the design phase. To find out what those are, or to learn more, check out the video at jeremybirch.com. See you next time.